What did I just say? You know what, Sarah? Fuck it, I'll do it. Hey, I'm Carrie. And I'm Sarah. And we're, and we're too drunk to track. To track. <laughs> we, we did, did really well. We did it. Well, that's because usually we we wait a little bit for the booze to really soak in. I think we've also, like, 16 episodes in, have found our groove. I think we did it. Have a groove? That sounds not us. How Sarah got her groove back now. Or not right. on. Or not, found, got her groove at all. How Sarah found out what a groove was. <laughs> I don't even know that that's true, though. <laughs> Okay, it's okay. fine. We did great. We're so yes. good at this. We're the fine. best. But so I really guys. do think that it's the marinating that helps. Like the yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry. No, you're right. We have let the beer soak in a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. This episode is called the Galileo Seven. Uh, we're doing everything a little out of order. Let us know if you like this episode more, um, and we'll just kill off more amazing, wonderful people. So we're super depressed when we start recording. Uh, Sarah, so, first sorry. of all, we had nothing to do with RBG. That's true. It was just nothing sad. at all. Uh, we didn't kill off anything. Um, I'm going to put that for my court testimony. Yeah. We didn't do this. 2020 did this. It did. We, um, not me, not me. Sarah started drinking before the episode started. Yeah. Because there had to be a, uh, you know, cheers to fallen heroes, which is absolutely correct. I needed to eat first. And so I made some sausage. That's Uh, probably a better idea. I've definitely had five shots though because i drank my whole drink oh man <laughs> in an Good hour job, you know. <laughs> so, so we I, we definitely we started it uh i was sober sarah was not quite there but we just forgot about doing the outro so at the about end, everything when everything falls all the way apart we're explaining now what happened and that's what happened <laughs> so we're gonna explain this whole episode and then there's probably not going to be a sober outro. Nope. Um, we're just going to try and remember how to end something, which is. Yeah. Without just like laughing. Yeah. Or crying. Or crying. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe yeah. laugh crying. We'll try not to laughing. do that. We'll see. Maybe we'll see both. what happens. Yeah. Por, I don't know. ¿Por qué no las dos? <laughs> ¿Por qué no los dos? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Galileo 7, we start out. They are um, trying to research something called Morisaki 312, which is a quasar-like anomaly or activity. I don't really remember what they called it. It's basically, this is, it's an effect that happens around quasars. And actually, so I'm going to be already a little too nerdy because I looked up the Wikipedia when you weren't sure what a quasar was and I wasn't sure either. And yeah. it turns out that they were just discovering quasars in the 60s. Like mm-hmm. they they had gotten some radio signals. And so that's how they got the picture that kind of looks like a quasar. Like when they're when they eventually show it. Yeah, they um, show it on the screen. Yeah, they show it on the screen. And it, it looks like kind of a quasar. But that that's the entire reason is they were just in real life scientifically discovering what quasars were and what they would probably kind of look like. So that's why it's like a little bit of a sci-fi stretch of what you see in this episode. It's like this 
Did they show the picture yet on the screen? I don't care. Uh, I don't think they have yet. I think it's a little later on. But they like, so it's a quasar and, you know, they were just discovering this thing. And so they don't know anything about it. And they're like, well, it's probably got all kinds of weird shit about it, I bet. And like a planet inside it. Yeah, which is that part maybe (laughs) not so much. Okay. I I didn't send it, Sarah, but I actually linked. I'm I'm just going to hit enter. You might hear it. I linked okay. the Quasar Wikipedia to you and then no, I didn't actually send it because there's a lot of really good information in there, but I just I mean, hit enter. Thank you. I will eventually read it and then know stuff I probably should have but known that, for this like, episode. You can just see the picture from the Wikipedia link and it does not look like there could possibly be. It looks like the sun, but probably giant with energy shooting out of it. Like the there's no, There's no planet in there. There's no fucking planet. There's There's no no way you're going to, and there's not just one either. We're getting a little off track there. I'm just, I'm mad already. I'm so, I have so many things to be mad about in 2020, and this is right now the the focus of all of that anger is this. (laughs) Why didn't they know what a quasar was a little bit more in the 60s? Dick bags. Okay, so uh, we're gonna go. It's a priceless opportunity for science. For science, and that's Kirk's yeah. all super stoked about going to like check this thing out. Yeah, and then the guy that I, he had his name is Ferris, Commissioner High Commissioner Ferris. I think it's even Galactic like High Commissioner Ferris. Like he yeah, has a long he's fucking title. To be fancy, he's got like arm capes. Like he does outfit. <laughs> He's got like a navy colored outfit with silver piping. And it looks like one half of it just Velcros on to the other half of it. And there's arm capes. And he's clearly a very, lot. very fancy. But he's he's just a douchebag. The entire he's episode, shitty. we just were like, oh, here's the douchebag again. Yeah, He's he never just, called like, him Ferris. No, he literally comes... In, he comes onto the bridge to be worse than Kirk. And I didn't know that was possible. But like every yeah. time I see him, I'm just like, I hate you more than I hate Kirk. And I, that's a and lot. Sarah gets angry when Kirk is on screen, like instantly. Just yeah, I just, like, he just it is. And she's like, God, I fucking hate that. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't even, guys, he doesn't even do anything in this episode. He lets women finish their sentences and I'm still mad at him. <laughs> yeah. She hates him. But Ferris. Somehow, Captain Douchebag is worse. It's yeah, Commissioner Douchebag. Commissioner Douchebag. Kirk's very excited to research this, and the guy's like, "We have emergency supplies that we need to be getting to uh, Macus Three, which is somewhere where there's like a plague going on." And New Paris plague. I wrote that down. I don't know where that goes, but I think that's it. Yeah, no, I think that's it. Um, Yeah. And Ferris is like, we need to get there. And he's like, well, it's only three days to Macus 5. And, you know, or it's only going to take us three days to get there. And our rendezvous is not for five days, which right there tells us that they're going. This thing that Kirk says is going to take five minutes is going to take 48 hours. 100% we know that because they're they're three days away from a place where they have a rendezvous in in five days. It's just basic. Basic Star Trek math says they're going to get lost for 48 hours so they can still make their rendezvous. This also shows Kirk in all of his Kirkdom because, yes, okay, you've got five days for your rendezvous, but I guarantee those guys, there is a plague killing everybody. Yeah, like, 
they have the cure on board. They've got medicine for people on board. Probably the people that are a five-day rendezvous, they're probably going to hurry their asses up. And Kirk's like, oh, I got to... I got five I, days, though. I got to go see a quasar. I got to go see a quasar about a thing, you know? This like does bring into question how... Okay, there is a fucking plague on this other planet. How is that not priority? Like, why are we sending... I Like, this event... Maybe we'll be there on your way back. Get those fucking, like, meds to the people who need it and then come back. Jesus. <laughs> like, need some guy in a fancy arm cape to tell you that, yeah. like, the right choice is to, that's your priority. Like, go there first. Yeah. Like, he's just assuming that five-day rendezvous, like, that's, they're actually going to take five days. Because. No, they're going to be there now to get their shit. Yeah, because what we just have learned from this is if it only takes them three days, it's like all bureaucracy and there's stuff built in so that you can fuck off for a little while because that's how bureaucracy yeah. works. You always gonna, give yourself a little time. I'm not going to lie to you. I've I've turned the tables. Like, Ferris is a douche, but he has a reason to be a douche. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just, I'm just getting there. Like, I just made Sarah hate Kirk <laughs> even more. I, may, I hate Kirk. More than I hate Ferris now, because, like... My apologies they... <laughs> to our listeners. I didn't expect this. <laughs> well, well, he's... He, okay, so Ferris is a very big jerk. But I kind of, like, I'm starting to get it. Like, these people are dying of a plague. Like, get... Like, ah! Like, people in the U.S. are dying of a plague. If you had the vaccine and you were five days away... Or, you know, four days away. Less but like you could get... deliver it in three sooner. days. Yeah, like, like, get it to us sooner. Would you not do that. Just because somebody built in you, like, a cushion, just in case your <laughs> engines broke down, doesn't mean you need doesn't to use that cushion. But Kirk says it is, is his responsibility to investigate any quasars or quasar-like it's activity. It's his prime directive. He does yes. say that. So that's what, that they just have a disagreement on this. And so Standing they order. are sending out a a ship to investigate, and it's the Galileo, and it has seven people on board. Um, and they, guess they where the, the name came from, guys? Guess where is. the name came from? <laughs> the Galileo <laughs> Seven. Yeah. That's the episode is. It's actually only a five minute episode. Everything goes fine. They come back on board. They deliver the meds. Wow, that was really great. fun, Sarah. Let's do our <laughs> outro. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Um, and on board the Galileo is Spock, Bones, Scotty, and then four random people. There is a yeoman who ends up on the floor a lot in this episode for some reason. From the Don't last know. episode, like it's not Janice and she's still no. not Janice, but it's. They... Oh, is it the same one? Yeah, it's the same one. That's the same. Oh. That's the same lady. Her and Bones don't have any interaction whatsoever, which is kind of weird. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same. She's got the same haircut. She's a brunette with the same build. Maybe she's not the same person. Oh, is she the princess? Yeah. Oh. I thought so. <laughs> no, I mean, what you're saying would make a lot of sense. I just, uh, I'm, I don't recognize people unless they give me a reason to it's like they took the yeoman role and instead of it being like oh kirk i love you it was like oh bones i love you except that like her and bones do not talk at all in this episode so if no. that is the same person i feel like maybe the rest of their vacation didn't go very well 
Well, I think it kind of ended at the cabaret. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that she kept going after that. So <laughs> Emily Banks, and then in the Galileo 7, it is... Using oh, her name, is, her name is Yeoman Mears, played by Phyllis Douglas. Oh, it's because yeah, we don't have Mac Barrows. in here. But they look no. the fucking same. They're both... Yeah, they apparently didn't look enough alike for me to think they were the same person. Oh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe they're like... If they're blonde, they're the same person to you. And if they're a brunette, I just can't... Yeah, who knows? So, same. either way, she she's not super important she no. she's a very poorly written character for this episode she does um, as sarah stated just spend most of her time on the, on the floor. floor i don't for, know why we don't know why. um and so then we also have uh, a a new person named bowman and i don't remember the other two guys names i remember there's one i wrote both of their Lassiter. names down later Lassie. no it's not Lassiter. it's not nope no oh. it's not Lassiter. Although currently my child is watching um, Psych, so Latimer. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> That's but it's really not close. It's close yeah. yeah, Latimer, and then the other but, guy. But, yeah. Um, it's not their names aren't super important. Nope. Not that they die, because that that'd be a spoiler. That would be a really spoily <laughs> thing to do, Sarah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they are going to investigate and. Bish, the yeoman, is talking about how there's radiation coming in and they start getting like these um, interruptions and they realize that they're being like pulled into the, they call it the Murasaki, the Murasaki effect. And um, Spock is trying to call the Enterprise. They can't get through. Everything's getting fucked up by the ionization that's going on. Yeah. And they're like, basically, the faster they go, like they're trying to like, go away from it and the yeah. more they're being sucked into it so like as the faster they go the more they're sucked in which is yeah. weird they're basically go like they and they never explain really how any of this works so you're just no. like what were they even were they trying to collect data did they just fly into the middle of this with no plan like what yeah. i don't know that's so, what it seems like. They're supposed to, like, yeah. they didn't launch a sensor. They didn't do, like, sensors quit working. And instead yeah. of turning around, they were like, maybe we should just get closer. I don't know. And then like, get maybe sucked just... in. Yeah. Yeah. Which so what happens. we go back to the bridge. They're getting, like, some information from the ship, but, like, nothing that's making sense. So Kirk runs and he, like, checks the computer. And the computer tells him that there's an ionization issue um, that's causing like none of their sensors to work to locate where the Galileo went. And so without those sensors, Kirk says that um, finding a needle in a haystack would be child's play compared to what it's going to take to find the Galileo. And then we get our intro. You know, that thing. We go to a captain's log where they talk more about the electromagnetic phenomenon and how their seven shipmates have not been heard from. And the commissioner like is on the bridge, and, and I don't know why I didn't like him because now I find him hilarious. Uh, he because, no, the first watch through, he's the whole time he's just like, um, excuse me, he's like a I school mom. I didn't want to do this, and he he's basically yeah, but the whole time he's sitting there saying, "I told you so" to Kirk, which is I mean, he technically told Kirk so, like it was true. 
which I think is important. Moving on. So, um, the electrical magnetic phenomenon, blah, blah, blah. And this is extremely important, actually. So, Commissioner tells Kirk, I told you so. And then Ahura has, like, legit useful information to say. It was so exciting. Yeah, she. there was a lot, too. She didn't just, like, it was really, really good. Oh yeah, and she, Kirk didn't interrupt her the didn't entire time. Her. I was actually pretty proud of him for that. Like he let a woman give him information. She says there is one type in planet called Taurus Two um, that could support human life down there, uh, and that's where they decide that they're going to go look um, because it's the the best chance they have. But so, like, how this ship managed to crash land on the one planet that could possibly support human life in the quasar in the whole quasar <laughs> like what is i don't even it i don't know so no, it's yeah fine it's fine i bet you it's so they have crashed on the planet and we go to inside the ship where Bones is checking on everyone, making sure everyone's fine, just so everybody knows uh, the yeoman is on the ground. Everyone else managed to stay in their chairs, and she's this is the first instance of her being on the ground, but it happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Unnecessarily. And, yes. And so we get uh, Bowman here kind of talking about what happened, and or like his theory on what happened. Uh, he's got a bloody nose, he's sniffling a lot, like, but, but it's he's like, it's like pink blood. Oh yeah, it's not real, real blood. Not, not bloody. Yeah, but it's but, supposed to be. But he did a good job acting like his nose was really stuffy because he had kept being like, "Yeah, oh, oh yeah, I'm fine." Oh yeah, oh yeah, and he's like wipes it away. So he's explaining what he thinks happened, and Spock tries to call up to the Enterprise, and Scotty's like, "You don't really expect an answer, did you?" And and Spock's like, "No, but it would have been illogical not to check." You know, just normal things. Yeah. And they get a read on the atmosphere from Bones. And he says that uh, air is mostly breathable. So they decide to go out and investigate what's going on. So it was really fun. I actually thoroughly enjoyed this part. So Bones has this line where he's like, I wouldn't suggest like running a marathon or vacationing here. And Fox just like duly noted. <laughs> love that like next time i care to take a vacation i'll remember that i don't want this place in the running yeah next time i i you know need that information i'll store it it's just it's funny that he's so logical but he's still so sarcastic like because the thing that was not a logical response that was a sarcastic response he was was like i'll i'll take that into account bones thank you like cool 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 yes it was funny to me. Bones and Spock have a conversation. So everybody else has gone out to investigate, like the three people who don't matter. Um, and Bones is like, do you think they're the Enterprises out here searching for us? And Spock says, well, with everything that it did to our sensors, like it's going to be very hard for them to find us. And it's going to take a very long time. And considering they have other obligations that they need to be doing, like he basically is saying, logically, they have to go complete their mission. Yeah, which we is, fucked. And we're just here now. This is where we are until we can figure our shit out. Um, and then we go to the bridge and Sulu's not getting anything on the readings. Um, the transporters are not up and running. <laughs> they actually 
they say that they sent something down, but when they brought it back up, it was all scrambled. And they're like, we yeah. do not recommend using on people. Yeah, this their <laughs> shit is fucked. Like, yeah. whatever this ion storm is, it is not to be trifled with. They can do nothing. Even if they can find them, they couldn't get them. So, also, yeah. this... Oh, wait, never mind. It does make sense. Never mind. Okay. I was going to fast forward, but we don't need to. Okay. We'll move on. So, they... Uhura is saying that the ionizing is the ionization is affecting everything basically, and the commissioner comes back on to the bridge to be like, "Hey, you know, do you really think you're gonna find them? What are you even doing? We have to go. Like, we have places we need to be. Like, I'm yeah. sorry about your people. Yeah. Again, he's like, "Hey, there's thousands of people dying of a plague." Uh, and there's seven people that you lost on a stupid mission I told you not to go on. Can we leave yet? Yes. And Kirk says that he is going to search until his last minute. And the commissioner definitely Very dramatically, has... though. He's very like, I, oh, will, yeah. I will search until the last second. Yes. And the commissioner is like, okay, well, you only have so much time. Just remember, like, I take over when we reach the point of no return and we have to go uh, to Marcus 3. And he's just like, um, I am very familiar with your authority on this ship, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, then basically, he's like, we've got time, asshole. And we're still I'll search, search until I can't, asshole. Yeah. So they have technically about 48 hours to figure this out. So they launched the Columbus to go search. So I think the Columbus must have more than one search party on it because they talk numerous times about search parties. Yeah. But the only ship they ever discuss is the Columbus. Maybe so. they launched, they were like, search the, or send the Columbus. And then that implies also the, I don't know. What, what was another person in American history that just ruined everything and raped everything? Uh, uh, I only remember Columbus. Wait, uh, I got this. So Galileo was stars, and then there was uh, Magellan, the Magellan. Okay, let's call it that. <laughs> but I'm assuming, because they definitely, like, what they said was that they were only supposed to be looking, like, there were ships. They definitely implied there were ships, and that they were doing vi visual sweeps or that they yeah. had because they at one point they were like tell the ships to blah 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 widen their something or other yeah the sensor like i guess they had some sort of reading that they could do it's just not long range like it's yeah it's so like pick and choosing of what does and doesn't work yeah it's like it's, i think the magellan is a good because they had to have sent two ships they just never talk about it yeah so it was the columbus and the magellan well, but then there's another search party that ends up back on board. The, and that, we'll get there. Maybe we'll that get was to, Magellan. Maybe, yeah. But he still he says at one point after that, there's still two ships or there's still two search parties out there. So I don't know. Stupid. It's fucking it is, dumb. None of it really makes sense. So uh, we go back land, to land. You just land your ship and then just look for people. Yeah. Even though you have no reason to. So either way bones okay. we're back on the planet yeah and bones says that this is spock's like looking he's yeah, doing spock, his fucking spock job analyzing yeah he's it's analyzing things and like bones walks around and he's just like so this is your chance huh and spock's just like my chance at what because like what the fuck is like bones is so 
what's the word for when you're you're that shitty person who's like so this thing you finally wanted happened didn't it and you're just like what are you even talking about like not maniacal he's being petty it's very petty yeah there's a better word for it but that's what he's being he's like oh isn't this what you wanted isn't this so great and spock's like uh if i thought that spock had the ability to feel guilt you need to feel to be to be gaslit i would assume this was gaslighting yeah because he's trying to make spock he's trying to use spock's behavior and say that it's a bad thing when spock's like doing his fucking job well also he's doing a great job he's trying to keep everybody alive yeah and bones just like but bones is making it yeah (laughs) isn't this so great that this happened so that you can definitely just your moment in the sun and just so you get to be in charge and prove that logic is better than i guess ruling with your heart oh it's so stupid spock so far that we've seen he always uses logic and he obviously believes it's superior but he has never ever tried to put him in yeah he's never tried to put himself in a position where that would be the case and he's never been shitty about it he's never been like oh man wasn't logic the best thing to do that one time and he's always supported Kirk's decisions. He's never undermined Kirk, even no. when Kirk should have been undermined. Like oh, he's yeah. always been supportive of his captains. And even that one time when he kind of did in the last episode, when he was like, "There's this guy that like he did. He's like gotten really irritable." And oh, that was funny though. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's definitely undermining. But it was absolutely that was because. For his- because it was he for should what have. Was, it was for what was best for the ship. Yeah. And I think that Kirk knew that too. But he's never like all, a lot of other really poor decisions that Kirk has made. Like Spock has just been like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing. But the point is, is Bones is being super shitty about this. And he's like, but this is your chance to prove that logic is better. And so Spock has this great line. And he's like, I do not enjoy the concept of command, nor does it frighten me. It simply exists. And so he's going to do everything he can logically right now to do his best job. And I think that that's good. Good job, Spock. And Bones is just like, oh, yeah, sure, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe I used to like you. I'm so mad at you. (laughs) And then (laughs) we go on to the, the crashed ship and Scotty is doing some analysis and he says that they need to lose at least 500 pounds in order to with what they have access to on the ship take off spock says well that's like the weight of three grown men and they're like or equipment like why would we leave people and get get rid of equipment and he's like well we'll do that too but if it comes to that and then bowman jumps in and he has to have a whole conversation about like oh and who gets to make that choice we should you know we should draw straws or something and Spock's like, well, that's not logical. Obviously, I would just make the decision as to, based on logic, who would need to stay here. Um, Because it doesn't make sense to draw straws because then, you know, that's just chance, random chance. And it's real dumb. It's real dumb. That's all I have to say about that. Thing is dumb. Yeah. They're just, what they're trying to do is just, like, point out that sometimes logic's not the answer and you have to have like a little bit of heart. And that's like the underlying theory for this whole episode. But 
I don't agree with it. It's like a no. boomer wrote this episode and I stand yeah. by that. Like, yeah. no, sometimes you just need this. And it's like, no, like, no, you what, don't. Actually, what sometimes what you need is logic season and to yeah. figure things to the actual best percentage chances. <laughs> and I don't mean boomer as in all boomers because I do happen to know quite a few people of the boomer generation who would listen to logic. But they're not <laughs> boomers. Boomer has its own yeah, has but its own thing now. It's I totally... also happen to know quite a few millennials who are fucking idiots too <laughs> in yeah. the other direction. It's only a like a derogatory term that's meant towards those particular people so yeah the ones that don't necessarily think you should wear masks or that yeah millennials can also be boomers that's true i know yeah okay so uh they are uh, assessing all the damage on the ship and so oh actually no what happens here is spock says he's gonna go assess the damage and scotty makes a joke about uh the only minor damage that might have been overlooked was uh, when putting your head together or putting his head together. And it, like he was saying it like as a joke. Um, and then Bones is just like, not his head, Scotty, his heart. And his it's just heart. like, oh, well, then aren't you so fucking funny? Because like, his heart. your heart pumps blood. Like your brain does literally everything else. So yeah. Like, just, uh-huh. uh, it's like, what are what are we like? Are we back in Egyptian times? Like, are we are we building pyramids yeah. and, and praying to Ra, where we really care about the heart, other than some sort of muscle that pumps blood? Because that's it's really stupid. We're in the future. Things should be better. <laughs> we should understand that it doesn't matter. Like everything to bones is supposed to be emotional, I guess. But like you're like based in humanity, but fucking. Spock is human. He's half human. Like, he just happens to be a very logical person. And we go to, like, the actual surface of the planet. And it's, like, very foggy. And there's lots of styrofoam rocks and mountains. And they start... It's Sarah and I didn't even drink for them, though, because we were already just drinking. We were already just drinking. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, very much so. Um... We start hearing this weird noise. It's like a, it's like a rattle or like Carrie pointed out, like uh, the instrument that you had and like percussion that was shaped like a wooden fish that you ran like the stick up and down. Yeah. Um, and just to, exactly, just to point <laughs> out later on, we find out that these are giants and Carrie and I cannot identify why the giants make the same sound as the it's called a weiro i guess it's like yeah. a like the wooden fish like why would a giant make that noise like what a, it doesn't matter yeah it's it's really confusing that the whole giants make don't make any sense because like we see them and but they have no particular size or dimensions either time we see them mm-hmm. they're nothing about this episode has any continuity or sense at no. all it's very much like a, a one-off wasn't written very well. And like they, they, it's like an entire episode just made to be like Spock's not human. But yeah. And also right. like what like, I said earlier, like they were like, there's a quasar oh, Those yeah. and they're real and they're so techie in sci-fi and you could, you don't even know what quasars are, but we're going to put an Talk episode about, about quasar. Yeah, so, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
So uh, we're hearing this weird noise and it's those three guys. And then suddenly one of them, this would be Latimer, gets a giant spear in the back. And it's like so big. And then he dies and everyone's just shooting their phasers into the air. And then Spock comes to investigate what's going on. And they're like, something huge attacked him. I guess it's like a giant. I think it went that way. And so they are trying to explain this all to Spock. And he says, well, we need to get out of here. He's, he's, Spock's like investigating what's happening. Um, and he's like looking at the spear and he's like, oh, it's like, really fucking stupid because yeah. so the guy, when he got speared was standing on top of like a cliff or whatever. And the spear hits him in the back. And when he falls, and he's laying on the ground. Spock is like looking at the spear guy, and the spear is standing straight up, like a yeah. solid ten feet in the air. Giant up. spear. It's huge. And so Spock is like looking at it, and he's kind of investigating, and he pulls it out very easily. And like the spear head is probably a good two feet uh, long, oh, and yeah. the whole thing is covered in blood. And if that spear had Went hit that dude it would have just cut him right in fucking half no or, problem like been a lot harder to pull out of his body <laughs> like, yeah or not stood straight fucking up like he just oh yeah like, it was heavy smack dab it was so dumb it was so none dumb of, none of the physics made any sense nope. uh and according to spock spears are um not very efficient and bowman's just like a man is dead Actually, he says, man's is lying there dead. And lying there dead. She wrote this in her notes as she heard it, just so that yeah. she could do it again. Man lying there dead. Lying like, there dead. He definitely is from somewhere. That's all I know. I don't know where the accent is from, but he has an accent. Like, I want to say it's like Boston, maybe. I don't actually no, know. That's lying there dead is definitely Southern southern okay maybe, mm -hmm. yeah he's from the south like it's it was he definitely has an accent and it, like it's not even that i don't like it i just don't like that nobody likes spock in this episode <laughs> like yeah. yeah and he he's like how can you care about like what weapons they're using right now um and spock's just like well he is already dead like i can't fix this um, and so they are like, well, we want to bring him back to the ship. And Spock's like, well, I don't see any reason why that doesn't make sense. Like, um, I can help you. And they're just like, no, we'll do it ourselves. Because they just, just yeah, they're just being jerks to him at this point. And all he's done, like, it's it's literally just some form of alienism like it's just like because he's not fully human no yeah. one likes that he uses more logic than they do even though yeah. he's never being a super logical human or like half human half vulcan like he is so nice to everybody like he never acts out in anger like he's always logical like always polite like what is there not to like about this person yeah i don't get it just they're assholes they are. So we go to a captain's log um, and Kirk's sad. He talks about the utter futility and the feelings of loss that he has. And Uhura gives him another update and says that, you know, nothing is working 
And the commissioner is reminding Kirk that they only, it's like literally like a repeat of the last scene that we yep, had. It's the same exact thing. Yeah. Well, we uh, gotta, I mean, we gotta go and I'm your boss. Yeah. Technically I can, I can tell you what to do. And then Kirk's like, well, until you can tell me what to do, I tell you what to do. Yeah. And we're still going to look. So he decides since time is running a little lower, um, he has her like adjust like their sensors on the Columbus two degrees. So um, they're losing like miles of search radius doing this, but they're technically going to cover more ground, which doesn't really make sense to me. Like it reminds me of the meme where it's like, if you take six ounces of water and you pour it into a taller cup, that's thinner, it looks like there's more water in it, but there's not like, you're still searching the same amount of area. If you have no idea where they are, why does it matter what, area you're searching yeah it doesn't you're just as likely to find them in that yeah percentage that you're gonna look at as if you changed it two percent and looked at different places like yep. I, I don't know it just yep. like yep. but they decided yep. to do that and uh they have 24 hours left so we go back to the ship where they're finding like weight that they can remove and they're just throwing out like random boxes that weren't on the ship in the first place like we saw most of the ship and yeah. none of that they already freaked out about it and nothing was there except for the chairs that they don't fucking use yeah they don't use the chairs i do think you would need chairs to leave like the atmosphere but like they don't they don't use them she, like but they should they, have seat belts they should something they should be strapped but in. they don't they're, they're just yeah. these black chairs that are like well formed yeah. that don't have any purpose yeah, but, they I mean, them. they do. They sit in them. Well, some people sit in them. <laughs> like, we saw some people, some people sitting in them. Sitting in them. Uh, something, like, really funny in this scene is Scotty is, like, laying on the floor looking in a hole. And he's, like, he's surrounded by what looks like kids' toys. Like, they're just different, like, I guess, equipment but it's all like yep. painted in bright colors and like he's like using yeah, they're, they're like green and orange and wooden yeah. blocky they look like children's toys like what yep. you would play with at the doctor's office yep. in 1992 if you were sarah <laughs> like, uh-huh. like very you much me in particular you remember this yeah, fondly i do those are good times so they're trying to get rid of all this weight and Basically, they're saying that they still need to lose more and, you know, Spock's just being reasonable and he's like, well, you know, like people weigh amounts and they're just like, how could you even talk about leaving someone? And he's like, it's just like logic. I'm just going through what our options could possibly be. I'm thinking out loud, basically. And Bones is like, I'm not talking about rationality. And so this is where it gets very into it feels like Spock is the millennial. And I'm using these terms very vaguely because like obviously yeah. you can't blanket statement an entire generation. That's not how it works. Yeah. But um it feels like Spock is a millennial trying to convince boomers to wear masks. <laughs> like they they want to have a service for Latimer and it's like I get it. He yeah. He died and we can't take his body back because he still has weight and we're trying to get rid of weight right now. Like, and I understand that that's hard, but you don't, 
like fucking honor him in a different way yeah, by like in order surviving. For us, yeah, in order for us to survive, we have to figure out how to get off this fucking planet and we have to leave him behind. If you guys want to feel sad about it, cool. But you don't need to stand over a corpse and feel sad about it in the open while we're not solving our problems. Because it doesn't solve yeah. any problems. It doesn't do anything. It's really... It's stupid. It's where mm-hmm. we're at with this one. So, but they all get really, really mad at him because he's, he's not uh, being caring and respectful enough. And they're just like, we just need a service, man. Yeah. And so, well, what they actually say is, let us be men. Like, oh, yeah. like he's saying that there's no time for this memorial, but he, he lets them do it, basically. And um, he's let us talking. Be men, man. Yeah, men, man. Exactly. Uh, so we go to Scotty who's saying that there's, uh, there's no fuel, which I don't know how we just got here. Like, this is just now you're figuring out that you're out of fuel and you have nothing yeah. to get you into the atmosphere that you're like, how do you know that you need to get rid of 500 pounds if you don't even know how you're going to fuel yourself into the atmosphere? It- also, like, they <laughs> most, they, they had been launched off the ship and then almost immediately started getting sucked into this thing. Yeah. So they didn't probably use a lot of fuel. So unless their, like, gas tank got smashed, which I assume that they would have better provisions in than if it hits the the, uh, rocks, it'll explode. I mean, aren't aren't they powered by, like, crystals? (laughs) Well, the big ship, uh, I don't know. The big ships are. We don't know about the little ships. That's true. They must use uh, fuel of some sort. Yeah. They must Stupid. because they don't have it anymore. Um, so Spock says we need to consider all our all alternatives. Like there has to be something. Um, so you got to think outside the box. And then we start hearing that weird noise again as they're getting ready for like their <laughs> memorial. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so I don't even know how Spock ended up out there. Like, there was a lot of scene changes here, but now he's outside and he's talking to them as they're getting ready to have their memorial. And they're, like, discussing how they think they should attack. It, we need to hit them. They attacked us. We just need to, like, do this. And Spock's like, I don't like that. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why it's are illogical. we... Att- it's illogical. Like, they, they're probably attacking us because they don't understand what we are or where we're coming from. They're still like a life form. We we should appreciate that and try to work with this. Like, which fucking yes, you should. Like, you don't just land in somebody else's house and they don't know why you're there and expect them to be cool with you. It's really dumb. Yeah. Everything about this episode makes me kind of angry. Um, and but everybody basically votes Spock out and they say that they want to. I guess go investigate and attack first or whatever. Um, and even though Spock says they have duties to other life forms. And so I guess to prevent them from making really terrible mistakes and inhumane, inhumane decisions, uh, Spock goes with them and he says, I'm ordering you to, if you have to fire, like fire to frighten, not to kill. And they're like, but you've, you've seen what they did. And yeah, we should absolutely kill them. Yeah. And I'm Spock's sorry. like, well, I gave you my orders, so those are my orders. And so they wander into the fog, 
and they get attacked by like a giant spear and just like a million rocks like just like rocks are flying everywhere and they're just like shooting their phasers um and like one of the giants is up on the hill above them and he drops like this huge shield like these things should be so much bigger than they eventually are yeah they're they're giants but they're not. They're just like a six foot seven guy in a really big suit. Like, <laughs> but the shield was very big that fell. So Spock comes up with a plan to try and like frighten the giants because they kind of like know the area that they're they're attacking from. And so they get all situated and he tells Bowman to shoot at two o'clock and the other guy to shoot at 10 o'clock. And they're like, but they're dead on. Like, why don't we just shoot dead on and, like, try and hit them? The guy's asking him that. He's like, he says, I say we do this, actually. He wasn't even asking. He's like, I say we shoot dead on. That's where they're coming from. And Spock says, well, it's a good thing that you're not the one giving orders. Yeah, bitch. So he tells them to fire 2 o'clock and 10 o'clock. And they do. They listen to him because he is the commanding officer currently. Um, And then he has them cease fire. and. He's like, that should have, like, scared them off enough. And then the other guy's like, well, we should have fucking killed them. And, like, fuck you. Like, why do you have to kill everything, like, you don't under... I get that these things did kill you. But, like, they don't know. It's like... it's It'd be like killing a shark because it ate a person in its water. Like, and I understand that people want to do that. But, like, the shark didn't kill that person because it was malicious or evil. It just didn't understand the situation that was around it. Like, I don't know. Makes me mad. But also, man, Star, Star Trek, like, <laughs> yeah. just kill him. Well, I just, I get where Spock's coming from. Like, he's saying, don't just kill them. Like, that's our yeah, responsibility like, to, to get other out. life. All we care about, getting out. We don't have to kill him. Just escape. Latimer agreed to go into space knowing he could die. It's yeah. not a surprise that that happened to him yeah, like that's well we'll come to this later but that is also one of my <laughs> when somebody says something that i'm just like fuck you sh- yeah, like, shut up have... oh, yeah. okay yep. we'll get to so he spock says fear is gonna work just as well and they leave this other guy whose name i never wrote down because fuck him he's an yeah. asshole i don't think i did either yeah um they leave him to keep an eye out and so they go back to the craft and Scotty says he has an idea for the substitute uh, fuel supply. He says that they could use the phasers, like the power from the phasers to get them to launch them into outer space, which I don't know how much power your phasers have, but cool, I guess. That's good. I mean, what we learned on that one episode is if they go into overload, they can blow up they can, the they chip. Can, that's like true. A big portion of it. That's yeah. So phasers have a lot of I guess, uh, power. And he said, Scotty says, this is dangerous, but it might work. So they take the, yeah, like, I think it was Bones was like, but this is our only line of defense. And Spock's just like, well, I guess we don't have it anymore. Then like, <laughs> we're going to try and get off this planet. That's our, that's what we need to be doing right now. Um, so he takes the yeoman's phaser and he hands it to Scotty. And Spock says, they don't need a lot of time. Um, the Enterprise is going to be leaving in 24 hours. So we're either going to die here on this planet or we're going to die up in orbit. Like, those are our options. Like, 
we're going to get as close to where the Enterprise can see us as possible. Like, that's our best chance of survival. Because he's being logical. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So we go to the Enterprise and we find out that the uh, beaming is back on. We are good to go on beaming. They did some tests. It's okay. It's ready for humans. I don't think that they say this until the very end. And maybe we missed it both times. But it's like this is like a storm. It's like a ion storm that's coming through. And that's why the beaming suddenly works. Um, because they do say that later that the, the something it's it passed basically like it's passing. Uh-huh. So it's like it's like a thunderstorm except out of ions, and that's what's messing all the sensors up. And the storm starts passing, and that's why they can suddenly beam things back up and not okay. be all fucked up. And I want everyone to know that I've figured out that there is only one other ship. It's the Columbus. Because my next note is. Kirk calls for landing parties to beam down. So they beam down the search parties. So they have numerous parties on the planet searching that have been beamed down there. And they have That's the Columbus so out. Stupid. That's so, so stupid. But now we know at least. Because I yeah. was like, where did these even come from? Because I didn't remember that in either watch through. Let's thing just I wrote don't it down. call them the Magellan. Yeah, the Magellan. It's the Magellan's out there somewhere too. I'm sure of it. And they're basically at this point just depending on luck to be looking in the right place at the right time. We go back down to the planet and there's the fog and this guy's now panicking because he is being attacked by um by the giants and like they're throwing rocks at him and and one of them hits his hand and he drops his phaser and he like runs over to the wall and he's like trying to climb out of the wall and like I don't even feel bad about this comparison but I said to Carrie I said he's not even trying to climb that wall I think he wants this like secretly he wanted to get attacked by these giants because he's not even trying to get away it's just it's it's it's, like obviously he doesn't want to die but he does get cornered by this giant and he did not try to climb that wall very no Mm -mm. (laughs) like did not no, so he is cornered, and the giant, who is probably only like six foot seven, but wearing a really big coat of fur, like towers over him. Yeah, and it's like he's got like a tiny head and this giant rectangle of fur. Yeah, on his body, it's so Carrie, stupid. Carrie is fairly certain he's played by the same guy that played like the giant in um the episode where the screaming the girl. menagerie it was the, the second episode of the menagerie yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's that guy relatively certain yeah same monster guy same he's guy. like the monster guy i'm sure of it Living. um they're like well we know he's pretty tall he can he can play all the tall things so all of this stuff happens and we go back to spock who is uh, looking for phasers and he's giving them to Scotty and uh, Spock has a scientific curiosity to I don't even know why they're talking about this again and Bones is confused He's okay so he had a scientific curiosity I think about what was happening on the planet and then Bones is like I don't understand why you even care it's like he like he just doesn't get that Spock could care about more than one thing. Like he doesn't just care about the people on the enterprise. Like he wants to know like what's the motive of these giants. Like who, like how, like he cares about 
things that seem, I guess, unimportant to Bones because they aren't human. Like, and everyone else. Like, Spock seems to be the only one who cares about other living beings on this planet, even though, like, we've spent, like, the entire human existence looking for, well, not looking for life on other planets, but, like, we've never found life on other planets. Like, if we came across a planet with fucking giants on it, we that would be really big. We're yeah. excited that there might be, like, microscopic life in the clouds of Venus. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Like, there, it's funny, like, it's just the gas. Yeah. Like, maybe possible gas. And we're like, what? And now they know that they have these aliens and they're like, I don't know, they should probably die so we, we can kill live. Them. They Fuck killed them. us. Like, that's not the same thing. You, you came to their planet. Like, you have a prime directive to not fuck with them. Like, did anybody think of that? Uh, I don't actually don't know if they've mentioned the actual prime directive at this point, but no. moving on. Bones is confused by this concept that you could possibly care about anything outside of um, other men. Like, because I don't actually think that Bones cares too much about women either. They're probably somewhere along the lines. With... I'm just bad at Bones. <laughs> she is. Don't Sarah. She's just so, mad. We go to Spock, like, going out and he's looking for this guy because he fucking does care. So he finds the guy on a yeah, rock. Like he knows right from wrong. You don't. Yeah. If you can not leave a body somewhere, you shouldn't leave a body somewhere. Yes. And like, it's not even like he doesn't know that this guy's dead. He's going out to look for what he thinks is a living human. And he brings back a body. It just everything he does makes sense to me. Seems like the right person thing yep. to do. And I don't yep. know why it's so confounding yep. to everyone else. <laughs> yep. So. While he's carrying this guy on his shoulders, he has spheres thrown at them and uh, rocks. And it's actually this really good scene where a spear hits one of the styrofoam rocks and the rock breaks. Yeah, <laughs> and styrofoam I just... goes flying. It's, yes. You know, the prop guy was just like, God damn it. I'm going to have to rebuild that. We had to fix that one so we can use it in a different episode on a yeah, different planet. Yeah. Um, so he makes it back to the ship where Scotty is still fixing things and there's like this awkward silence. Um, and Bones is like, well, I guess they weren't scared for very long. And uh, it's just so fucking stupid. And then I Spock, they've used the word illogical too often with Spock because yeah. he's he's saying like how they're reacting is illogical, which I agree with Bones. It's not that illogical that they would be attacking like they, you've invaded their planet. They don't know what's yeah. going on. They are not an evolved life form like Spock yeah. should know all of this. He would. Uh, he That's would know. Kind of stupid because yeah, he, he would know. He's like, but Bone says, did you ever think maybe they, they'd react emotionally? And, like, I he would. Like, I just, Spock would definitely know that this not-evolved species of giants would be, like, acting on their emotions and that that would probably be pretty violent. Like, yeah. they, they yeah. have a theme in Star Trek that the more intelligent you are, 
like the less violent you are yep. aside from like a few races like that's very much their thing like well you're intelligent enough to be able to do these things i don't think he would just kill me but like he knows that this is a primitive primitive equals violence like i don't know it's it's Romulans, dumb everybody has been if they've been primitive they've been violent yeah everybody else has been even that one episode where that dude was like i'm gonna blow you up because they i don't know so much better technology and i'm so much smarter and you guys suck yeah he, he it was a test was, and he it, he wasn't gonna kill him and like ever. the only reason like romulans are more warlike is because they evolved from a more warlike i guess a section of vulcans it and that was a long time ago in like yeah. vulcan history when they were more primitive like it's yep. just either way um spock says that they they must have been studying us the whole time so now they're attacking the ship and bowman like gets really grumpy here and uh, spock says i feel like yeah you're using really hostile tones and he's like well it's not just my tone that's hostile right now and the stupid chick is just like we could use some inspiration and it's like guys like you are all so down on spock and all he has done is given you like really solid information on yeah. how you can survive this like I get that his bedside manner's not the best, but yeah, you're but like, if you want to survive, listen to the guy who's trying to survive. That's try. pretty fucking inspirational to me. I think so. You know what inspires me? Not dying. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> trying to survive. Hell yeah. Yes. So, uh, Spock is kind of having like a little bit of a crisis here. And he's like, everything I've done was logical, but somehow two people are dead. And I just don't get it. And Scotty's like, Scotty says he needs another hour or two to get this all figured out. And we go back to a captain's log. Uh, they have the landing parties on the surface. Um, and they're, everything's slowly getting back online at this point, because I guess the storm is passing. And uh, Kirk wants to know uh, what's going on. They have two hours and 12 minutes left. Uh, according to the commissioner who comes yep. on to the bridge just to tell Kirk how much time he has left. Um, this bag is back, just to report the time. And he's like, what's your intent? And he's like, well, I intend to continue my search until the last possible fucking minute, like I told you in the last three scenes we've had together. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he actually says something, um, even if I have to search by candlelight, like he's very dramatic as Kirk would be about it. Yep. Yeah, so we go back to the uh, ship where Spock is. Oh, they're being attacked, I'm pretty sure. So they he asks Scotty if he has enough power to electrify the ship because the ship's being attacked. And um, and Scotty's like, yeah, that it will. I do have enough power for that. And so he like runs over to this little like panel on the wall and he puts like his wrench on it. Like, and then like suddenly everything's electrified, which you would think he would also be electrified, but he wasn't. Nope. Just nope. the ship. Maybe, maybe he was a rubber handle. <laughs> a rubber handle. Yeah, so he's fine. It's a little ridiculous. Um, but the ship gets electrified, and I guess that electrifies the giants, which would scare them away a little bit. And they decide, like, okay, that's enough. We don't want to use all the power because we still need to get into orbit. Um, but they're going to be back. And so... 
the this is oh i get so mad again so now bowman's just like well we've got to bury this body that we have like oh my god yeah no you don't you don't have to bury it. Like, I understand loss and I understand ceremony. You are in a situation right now that does not require you to bury this body. No. And I understand, like, religious no. reasons that you would want bring to. Bring it home. Bring it home. You don't have to bury it. Well, they can't bring it home. They don't have That's right. the weight. But, the like you i get that you can't bring it home i get that you can't like there's there's no time like your friend i would hope would rather you survive than deal with a husk of what they were like yeah yeah like they aren't there anymore (laughs) okay either way and i i get that ceremony is very important to people but like that's a memorial you can have later you don't need to bury him right now nope. while your ship is literally just, being attacked by giants. And they're all under like super stress to put your body through the physical demands of burying something is yeah. absolutely out of the question. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's so dumb. So Bowman's sick of this machine. He says that about Spock, who's just yep. fucking, is this how boomers feel about millennials? Do they think we're all just like yep. Vulcans? We fucking still care. We still have emotions. And so does Spock. He's just not basing everything he does off of no education or knowledge and solely emotion. Because if you did that, you would be destructive to everyone around you. I think you actually just nailed it, Sarah. I think you got it. That's it. Ta-da! I'm just mad about it all, though. Like, okay. So, (laughs) Scotty... uh, so Bowman's sick of this machine. Scotty actually gets defensive and he's like, hey, don't talk about Spock like that. He is our captain. He is doing the best he can with the information he has. What the fuck? So we go back to the Enterprise where they're getting um, information from one of the search parties. And he's like, I have one dead and two injured. And there's a lot of creatures on this planet, Kirk. And Kirk's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, if if the Galileo landed here... Uh, and then Kirk's just like, okay, thanks. Like, go to the med bay, take care of yourself. And we find out that the time is up. Like, Kirk ran out of time. They didn't find yep. the Galileo. The commissioner takes over. Spock's like, well, I still have two search parties down there. And he's just like, you're just procrastinating at this point. Like, call everyone back. We have to abandon the search. We're moving on. And then we get a captain's log. Uh, the search party has been abandoned. They've set course for Marcus 3 or Marcus. I don't even remember what it's called at this point. It's going to be about 23 minutes until the Columbus gets back aboard the Enterprise. Um, and Kirk does like this really dramatic sigh that I don't understand. He was like 23 minutes. <sighs> like, okay. Well, I think it, it's he's realizing that he only has 23 minutes to get those people back on board. Yeah. But it's I like guess a, that makes sense. He's, he's like sad about it. Yeah. And so the, the Galileo is calling up and still not getting any answer, which I mean, that's how it's been every other time. They've, they've shed every ounce of weight that they possibly could so that they can get into orbit. And uh, they, they lift off and, oh wait, no, they're going to lift off in eight minutes. So Spock says, I'll give you 
10 minutes to bury your friend. So like Spock understands that this is important to them. The whole time, he's never been like, you're stupid. He's just saying, I don't understand why these are your motivations. Like, I don't get it. And like, they're just so defensive and like, so immediately, like, you think like a computer and like, you couldn't possibly. Me, you're such a computer, me. Yeah. Like, he's giving you time to bury your friend. Yeah. Which you Even though it's the really stupid thing to do and you shouldn't do that. He was like, all right, I get it. Y'all need your whatever you need. Well, and on top of, on top of all of that, he he's gonna help them like he goes out there and helps them dig this hole so they can like bury this person and there's giants out there you're putting your crew members at risk if anything if one illogical thing happened here it's that spock let them do this yeah like that's the thing that everybody should joke about at the end not what they end Uh up you let them bury a dead guy idiot Why would you do that? Because it doesn't, like, this is not a situation where that's what you should take into account. Mm-mm. Like, 100% not what your priorities should be. You're going to be burying all of you. <sighs> anyway. Yep. So, they are having this funeral for him, and suddenly rocks are getting thrown at them, because why wouldn't they get attacked by giants? Like, yep. they're out there. Um, And Spock gets pinned under a rock. And he's telling them to go because he is very logical. Like, he's not doing this to, like, be a hero. He's saying, like, you need to get on that ship. It needs to take off. You're wasting time trying to save me. But, of course, Bones and Bowman go back for him. And they uh, get him back on board the ship. And they take off, like, pretty immediately. It was a it was a lot of things happening all at once. Um, and while they're taking off... The yeoman falls onto the floor, like again, like it's so just, stupid. Like why no one else falls onto the floor? Like why is it just her? I, d- I don't know. Maybe she's so delicate and light that she yeah. just flies out of her but chair. She, like, she flies out of her chair and she lands in like the leapfrog position. Like her yeah. knees are apart and her hands are between her knees, and she's like ready to go. Like it's really strange um and so they've made it into orbit but they they can't maintain it for very long and spock says why did you come back for me like that was illogical you wasted time you like that's why everything is shit now um and so bones is just like um i'm sick of your logic this is you know like we did this because we're humans and we care whatever his like reasoning was and then Spock's just like well that's a very logical way to think (laughs) like they use logical and illogical a lot in this episode yeah they are discussing how much time they have up here um and basically they only have enough time I think to stay in orbit for a few hours and he's like does that mean we're gonna like burn up in orbit and Spock's just like, well, that's the usual end of a decaying orbit. Like and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's usually what happens. Yeah, and then y'all, the girls... y'all y'all went to Starfleet Academy. You know yeah. what happens. <laughs> and then the Yeoman's just like, well, I don't want to die up here. And he's like, I think it's better to die up here than down there. Like which which place do you want to die? Because you're gonna die in one of them. Like I 
doing my yeah. best here. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Because she's like, I don't want to die up here. Bitch. Then why are you in space? Like, you know, you're on like an exploring expedition. You have no idea what's going to happen. They make it very obvious that every day is life and death. And she's like, I don't want to die up here. Where did you think you were going to die? Really? Yeah. This what? is. Well, you're probably going to. Signed up for this. Yeah, like this is a choice that everybody on the starship has made. This is not, you're not just like on a train going across the United this States or something. This isn't a fucking cruise ship. It's a yeah. goddamn starship. You're in outer space most of your life. On a cruise ship, you're also making a decision to possibly die at sea. Like, yeah. Or of any- COVID. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Like if you go on one now, you're making that choice and you know what you know that's gonna a happen. Choice. Yeah. Which I mean uh-huh. it's sad that that's some people have to make that choice because yeah. a lot of people that's their only income. But we're not talking about the sadness that is our actual world. We're yeah. talking about the Let's talk about the fake future and how if you are on a spaceship, you should expect to die on a spaceship. You should I, expect to maybe die out there because I would hundred percent if I went through Starfleet Academy and then I and this is like an explorer starship. This isn't even one that's like a like in lower decks. That's like they come in after they've already yeah. They're done the, all the, the stuff. second contact or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, this Dude, is the first contact. These yeah. these are explorers. Like I, you absolutely should expect to die either on a yep. planet that ha- is going to be pure torture or in space. Those are your two options. You <laughs> just survived the planet of pure tur- torture. Now you're gonna die in now space. Now you're gonna die in space. And that's Why is that you confusing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you made this choice. Like yep. not everything is. <sighs> black and white like yep. this is this is the gray area that could have yep. happened um, <laughs> uh, so at this point scotty's like didn't you spock didn't you say that like there's always alternatives and spock's like well i guess maybe i was mistaken and bones does have a i guess fairly funny line where he says well at least i lived long enough to hear that yeah that was that was a pretty funny line yeah well, at least i lived long enough to <laughs> hear that <laughs> And they have 45 minutes of orbit left. Um, They keep trying to call the Enterprise. They're not getting a response. Um, There's a very convenient switch on the board that Spock looks at, and it just says fuel jettison. (laughs) Like, (laughs) why that's a switch? Yeah, why? Why is there a... What point do you just need to jettison all of your fuel? And they don't have fuel. They use... They use the batteries from the phasers. It's fuel. It works. It's fine. (laughs) So uh, Spock makes a decision to flip this fuel jettison switch, which causes them to lurch forward and leave like a really long stream of, I guess, fuel behind them, like a chemtrail. They're leaving a chemtrail to kind of... I guess as like a distress beacon is is what the intent is, and then everybody's just yeah, like they lights it on fire and it turns bright. It's like yeah. this bright trail behind them. Yes, and they're all like, "Mr. Spock, like, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy?" And and Scotty's like, "This gives us about six minutes until we're dead. Like, we're in orbit. Like, why would you do that?" And we go back to the Enterprise where Sulu has picked up something on the screen. And Kirk's like, could it be a meteor? And he's like, no, it's uh, holding a lateral line. 
Um, and so Kirk's like, let's go after it. He's like, 180 degrees. Like, let's fucking turn around and figure out what the fuck this is. We go back to Scotty and he's just like, I see what you did here. This is like a distress signal, wasn't it? A flare. It was a good effort, but we have 10 seconds until atmosphere. And Bones has a stupid line like, well, this is your last order ever, Spock. I hope it was a good one. Um, And it starts getting hot and there's smoke. And if Carrie and I weren't already super drunk at this point, we would have had a drink for all of it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah everything's they're gonna die oh my god and everyone's coughing like <laughs> yeah it's basically like they don't even know they haven't lived through the wildfires that we've been dealing with here in washington yeah. like they probably only ever breathed cool air before like yeah like, air. Like, no I, idea. Bet the, I bet their like air quality was only around like 150 at this point <laughs> Yeah. Child's play. Amateurs. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> um, we go back to the ship where Ahura says that they are locking on the transporters. Um, and then, like, suddenly the thing that they were locking onto has burned up in the atmosphere. And everybody's kind of sad. And then you hear, like, bing, bing, bing. And they get, like, called from the transporter room. They beamed up five persons alive and well. And everybody's just like, yeah. And he says, Sulu, head warp factor one. And so then they move on. Like, they got everything. Everything's great. And you would just hope. Let's just end the episode here. We don't need to be shitty. than we already were. (laughs) Everything's great. Everybody got their best case scenario. Woo! Woo! But no, we can't just leave it there. We have to be shitty to somebody for a little bit more. Because why not? Because Kirk. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it's not just Kirk. Like everybody in this scene is making fun of Spock. Yeah. So we're now on the bridge with Spock and everyone, and Kirk's like got this like smirk on his face. He puts the irk and smirk. That's what I have to say. Yeah, you uh, do. Ugh, so stupid. Um, and like he's like, hey, I wanted to uh, maybe get have you explain something to me logically, of course. Um, and everybody's kind of like snickering in the background. Um, and he's just like, so like, would you say that like the act of, of hitting the fuel jettison was like a, a desperate act and, and maybe was like caused by emotions or whatever. Yeah. And, like feeling things. Ooh. Yeah. Like, did you have like feels? And Spock's just like, um, no, I made a a logical decision uh, to be desperate, basically. Like, the, the only logical decision at that point was to do something that it was like a like a Hail Mary. Like, mm-hmm. it technically wasn't going to keep them in orbit the longest, but in a way, it was the best chance of getting, like, seen. Yeah. And Kirk says, you're just not going to admit it, are you? You're there's like you couldn't possibly admit that you acted out of emotions, and Spock's just like, no, sir, because I yeah, didn't. Like I'm I acted, not going to. I acted logically, and he's like, Spock, you're one stubborn Vulcan or whatever, and Spock's just like, yep, and that's the end of the episode. And I'm so, and like everybody laughs. They're all like, oh. yeah, that's the actual end of the episode. Is they pan out and everybody's laughing everybody's about just- how Spock clearly had all these human emotions and Kirk. Made fun of it. But he, like, he, like, I, I, I think 
seat. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm so mad. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. But, like, if you're going to be like, hey, you reacted emotionally, you should go to the point where he let his crew go out of a ship into enemy territory where you know there's hostiles, like, about yeah. to attack you to bury someone. Yeah, it, like, use a bunch <sighs> of energy. Yeah. Yeah. It was stupid. The whole thing was dumb. And we say that a lot. Like, that's that's definitely a real thing that we say, but ugh, this well, one and, seemed Yeah, it just, I, I think there's a lot of, like, meat on the bone of what they were wanting to get to. Like, I, I think that you, like, especially in New Trek, they have a lot of very good conversations about Vulcans and about, like, their... I guess less emotional side like they, yeah, they are definitely emotion has a place in being in charge I mean and they do this clumsily a lot with Kirk like oh just using all emotions but they 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 just seem to gum it up every time they they like I think to use Mackin words they ham fist it every single time like they don't ever do anything elegantly in the show it's always like He's dumb because he doesn't use feelings and feelings are important. And that's why Kirk stayed because of his feelings. But his feelings. But it like, and then they make fun of Spock for not, but it's just so inelegant. And like, why does there always have to be a target to laugh at at the end of the show or some, some like snide comment? It just doesn't, bleh. Well, it's, a, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like no. this was... An episode where Spock did everything correct, aside from the one thing that they made seem like a good choice. They were just like, oh, but he did this, like, nice thing to let them go do that, which that was his human side. If you, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why are you, the thing that saved them, you're going to make fun of him for? (laughs) Like... It worked. It fucking worked. And it didn't work because he was desperate. It worked because he made a decision knowing that it could have this outcome. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It was dumb. It was. And I think we should probably just sign off here. Yeah. Uh, And we're going to not do this sober, obviously. And we've never really signed off like this but no and, and this is, it's already going to be better than most types though because we are not currently laughing at our own jokes yeah surprising <laughs> there wasn't a lot to like laugh about today like no uh, r.i.p rbg this this whole year just keeps i don't know how but it just yeah. keeps getting worse and i it i try i envision myself as like a realist but also an eternal optimist and i i can't keep it up like it's too hard it's too hard to like look forward to things when you know that tomorrow it's probably gonna be worse it's it's terrible so you can't hang out with your friends because you might get covid and die you can't go outside for a walk with your dogs anymore because you might asphyxiate and die on the and air that is outside. Yeah, it's just it's it's a lot. This is this year's been way bigger than anybody should be able to handle. And that is why Sarah and I are gonna do a drunk outro, which we're currently doing. 
I guess. We're doing our drunk outro. <laughs> We're so fun. Isn't this fun? <laughs> so oh great. God. We're so fun. <laughs> you know what, guys? Live long and prosper. <laughs>